Welcome to the Compassionate Educators Show for teachers who desire to change lives without self-sacrifice. Let's dig deep together into the skill set, mindset, and best practices you and your students need to thrive in today's schools. Now your host, Marie Cooney. All right. Welcome. Welcome, Compassionate Educators. We have a very timely and important episode for you today. I know that these times we have so much uncertainty in our lives. There's so much that's happening that we are unsure of. And we also are feeling some grief. Right now, today, I have with me Beth Pelk, who you might remember Beth Pelk as our extraordinary counselor from episode four, where we discussed the zones of regulation. Today, Beth and I are going to be speaking about the grief that is being felt all over the nation, all over the world, by educators, by school staff, as schools are closing down. Some of you have already been out of school for a week or two. Some teachers are shutting their classrooms this week. And this is also new, unprecedented times. And so we're going to talk about this a little bit from a perspective you might not have been hearing too much about yet, but it's really important that we acknowledge where we are and where do we go from here. So thank you, Beth, for joining today. Thank you for having me. Not everybody maybe has had a chance to listen to episode four and if you're listening and you haven't, I do suggest that you still go back and listen to the zones of regulation where we discuss emotional regulation and some tools to use with your students. And this may be a time to use it for your own children if you have children at home or even for yourself. So Beth, can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? Um, I am a school counselor at a 4K through fifth grade school in Kenosha called Jeffrey Elementary. I currently have both of my children attending there and it's it's really a great school and like you said I um I do love the zones so I do I do also encourage people to go listen to that one. I think they're very applicable with what's going on right now also and I think that's it. And I know that you also have some passion projects that you enjoy. Yes yes I um I do I sew a lot. I sew most of my own clothing and and clothing for my children. Um, we love to camp and be outdoors and hike and, and do things like that. Um, and now we're you know, looking for some new interesting things to take up in this time home. Mm-hmm. And actually, Beth, I had asked you just really quickly this morning, hey, can you please get on a call with me so we can have this conversation and share it with others? Because this morning, I had seen you post on Facebook this idea of grieving, grieving what we are missing, grieving the school grieving the loss of that connection with our students. And so we really want to have this conversation because, again, it's important to acknowledge it so that we can do something about it because otherwise I think there's going to be a lot of additional confusion on top of everything that's happening throughout the world, that internal confusion of what is happening, where do I go, what do I do next, and almost a loss of identity. Because as teachers, school counselors, school staff, a lot of our identity is wrapped up into our jobs, into our careers. And so there's a lot of loss that is happening right now. Yeah, yes, there is. Um, 
thing that I, I shared on Facebook and kind of commented on was something that just kind of hit home to me. And it wasn't until really I read about that grief that I realized it was, you know, a grieving process. I mean, if you think of the, the stages of grief, you start with denial. And I know, you know, we all went home on Friday and I did bring my computer home because I thought, well, what if something changes? And, and, um, but that denial is like, well, it's not going to happen here. You know, we don't have as many cases or it's not possible. They can't close us down. You know, you have that, that initial denial and then they announce school's closed and you're like, oh man, you know, what, what does that mean for us? Um, you move into that kind of that anger stage and being a parent of a fifth grader too, you start to think, well, what about all those, you know, those rites of passage that happen as fifth graders? And then you think of your friends who have seniors and who have, you know, kids going from middle to high school and the, and the sporting events they're missing and, you know, graduation and prom and that anger, I think is very, very valid there. A lot of people are, are angry at you know, the world and how is this happening and why is my kid going to miss, miss out on that? You know, um, I mean, the next stage then is, is bargaining and you start to think, well, okay, what can we do to, to make it still happen? You know, can we, can we follow the CDC's recommendations of, you know, six feet apart while still holding a graduation? Or, you know, I started thinking I'm one of the people helping to plan the fifth grade banquet at our school, which is this huge event and the kids get all dressed up and you know, it's really, it's really a great thing for them. We make the slideshow about all their years at the school. So I started thinking, how can I still make some of that happen? You know, <laughs> is there a way for, for something to still happen? Because that it's scheduled for June 3rd, you know, it's, it's, it's on the calendar. And I, you start thinking, how can I make, make that happen? Um, you know, then you move into the depression. And I think that's kind of the stage that I was hitting yesterday when I saw that post was like, it's inevitable. Like all of this is canceled. Life is on hold. Um, it's just, nothing's going to happen. And, and it was also my birthday yesterday. So it was just a weird, like, Oh, this is kind of, this is kind of what life's going to be like. We're staying in our house. We're not experiencing the things we want to experience. You know, our, our plans for spring break are canceled. You know, that water park we were going to go to is no longer going to happen. You know, you, you, you feel that depression about it. And I don't know that acceptance is where most people are probably at yet. I mean, we have to get to that point to kind of move forward. Um, and I think a lot of educators probably are, you know, probably between the depression and the acceptance, trying to figure out what is this, what does this mean for us, for, for our jobs? How do we still reach all these kids and, and, you know, give them the education that they deserve when we have a whole quarter left of school? Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, that just kind of hit me yesterday. And so I started thinking about those, those stages. And I do really think that we, we need to call it a grieving process for not just the kids that are missing out, but the educators. I mean, as a parent and an educator, I'm, I'm sad that we're missing the fifth grade banquet. I'm sad that we're missing, you know, our field trip to the, to the campground. I'm sad that the fourth graders aren't going to Madison. Like, there's a lot of, of grief, I think, that, that educators are feeling over this abrupt ending of the school year, possibly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that's such a good point. And also, too, there might be a day when you say, okay, I accept this. I have some ways that I can move on. But then the next day, you can find yourself back in that almost repeating the cycle, that exactly. denial going through that anger and the bargaining and depression and to recognize now while it's still early that this is normal, that this is, as you said, part of the grieving process. 
to understand that and to know that it's okay. And we do teach students all the time that all feelings are okay. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to feel angry. And to model that right now, that it is normal, it's just part of human behavior, is really important. And to have that radical self-compassion for ourselves and acknowledging it, then what can we do, right? What can we do from here? How do we continue to have some hope? And how do we help our students too and our own children as we are struggling ourselves? I think that's the struggle too. I mean, a lot of a lot of the educators that are now home also have their own children that they're thinking, well, I, I'm a professional educator. I should be able to educate my child. And, you know, I, I have these degrees and I go to school, these schools and I teach kids this, but then I look at my five-year-old's math and I'm like, how, how do I even teach this? Like <laughs> my brain is thinking social skills and social emotional and feelings. And now I need to switch it to math, but I also thinking how, but how do I still continue to teach those to the students at the school that I'm not at at the moment? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, that, that's, that's huge. I mean, and part of um, kind of what I thought of yesterday was that, yes, I've been stressing that every feeling is okay. So I'm okay with all these feelings, with going through this grief. And I just, I really hope that, you know, the kids are remembering that, that um, they're thinking of all the things that I, I have taught them about that and that, maybe they're educating their parents at this point. You know, I always told them, you know, go home and tell your parents about this. Ask them what they do when they're sad. Ask them what they do when they're frustrated, when they're angry. And so I hope it is spurring some conversations and that, you know, when we get out of this, the stage that we're in right now and we have a, a new normal um, that we'll all have learned from the feelings that we had and, you know, figured out some things about ourselves and others and, you know, become better people and, you know, know how to, to regulate and deal with, with these situations in the future. Hopefully nothing like this, but, you know, any hardships that we may have. The point that you said about becoming better people, that's something that I actually was having a conversation about with a friend because right now we are seeing posts about how a lot of nature is returning to its normal and there's less pollution all over the globe. And it's so fascinating to watch that. And also a lot of families, I know that there's a lot of families who are really struggling in many ways right now, but there's also a lot of families who are using this time to have extra connection with their children and they're utilizing their time in new and different ways. And there's this potential for a new opening and a new way. You called it a new normal. Yes. So finding that new normal and how can we bring that new normal to a place that opens up something new, more hopeful and more enjoyable. Because if you think about just a few weeks ago, everybody going, 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 stress, stress, stress. And it's this never stopping, never ending, just moving train full speed ahead. This has really forced us to slow down. It's really forced us to re-examine our belief system in some sense has forced us to re-examine how we are spending our time, our energy. And so there's opportunity to, as you said, create a new normal for ourselves, for our families, even for our schools. Can we go back to school and have more conversations about emotions and 
we talk about social emotional learning a lot and Beth, you and I, our core is as school counselors, but can we have schools that are doing this in a much bigger way because we know now how important it is and how important it is to really be in tune with nature to be in tune with these other possibilities. I know that you talked about, Beth, that you are exploring some new passion projects. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. There's um, sewing. I've kind of, I've mastered a lot of the things I wanted to master. And so at the beginning of this year, I thought, what is, what is something that I want to do that's different? What is something new that I want to learn? And so um, I don't know how or where the idea came from to learn how to play a ukulele, but I decided I wanted to. And my, my vision is kind of to, to play it in the classrooms or to bring it outside at school and just, you know, spread some joy that way. Um, there's some really fun songs that my daughter likes to hear on, on Alexa or through YouTube um, that I thought, well, those, those would be nice cheerful little songs to kind of get the kids singing. And so um, I'm hopeful to, that I will put more time into learning that while we're um, here at home. We do have um, ukulele and a few guitars in the house, so um, we could, you know, have our own little family band here and and um, kind of stimulate our brains in that way. Um, also, and not just kind of try to sit and do academics for, you know, eight hours a day. Try to find something new to kind of spark our brains to thinking in another way. Mm -hmm. And I do think that a lot of teachers who are parents are putting a lot of pressure on themselves for that academic piece. And learning isn't just about sitting down on a app or in a workbook, but it's exploring different things around you. So as you said, exploring music and having your brain work in these new ways and connecting with your family. I love that. Yeah. And there's also been a lot of opportunities that have been posted online for like virtual field trips or um, there's a lot of like live cams at the zoo. So we've kind of expo been exploring what the different animals are doing and it's just kind of fun to watch and, you know, some they're eating and some they're kind of moving around. So it's, it's interesting. We kind of, you know, see things that way, um, you know, from a, a live cam, but we're not actually there, but you can actually see what's still, what's still happening with those animals. Yeah, that's a lot of fun too. And I'm, Sure that your daughters too, because let's look at it just very, very quickly from the student perspective. I have a kindergartner here. I know that you also have a kindergartner and a fifth grade, as you mentioned. And I think for our students too, they are not as in tune necessarily about the grief portion yet. Some are. Some love, love, love going to school every day and there is that grief, but it still hasn't been that long. So I think acknowledging that that might be setting in too, if it hasn't already, but down the road. Do you have any suggestions for either teachers as they are virtually teaching or for parents who have their own kids at home about just maybe one little simple strategy that they can use to help their students with their either students or their own children's grief process. I think um, writing or journaling or even drawing is really a good way to kind of let kids get that out. Um, we did the other day, we did a little writing prompt at my house um, about what they would wish for if they caught a leprechaun. Uh, <laughs> it was St. Yeah, Patrick's Day. So um, my older one, I was very shocked to read hers. Um, and she had, she had written requesting um, money for 
um, animal shelters and for people that that don't have that you know the kind of money that would provide the things that you know she takes advantage of every day and so I think that writing prompt was kind of powerful for me as a parent to see oh my kid is really kind of soaking in what's going on you know because we've tried to have conversations about there are a lot of people that aren't as fortunate as you are to have you know a device to be looking at these things on or you know enough food to not be worrying about if we could get to the store before everybody else clears the shelves you know I mean I think even for my five-year-old she did a little a little drawing with hers um, and she did write um, that she her wish would be to go to the water park Mm. Um, but I think you know writing or journaling is powerful and I think it would be powerful too when when we get through this this stage right now to kind of look back at and say this is what I was feeling and thinking and this is the you know the things that were going through my mind and how could I continue with that that growth of my my person you know to to continue with that even after we we are through this Mm -hmm. that's really powerful I love that I love that and even for the younger ones they can do some drawings too and have different prompts for them as well so I think that's so useful. Beth, I so, so appreciate you and everything that you've done. And I know that you're going through your own experiences. And even for myself, I know that I was able to have full closure when I had left for maternity leave, but yet it still hurts in my heart. Even though I had that closure, my heart still hurts for those kids that I'm not able to connect with. And so again, just recognizing where we are at and that it's okay. It's okay to feel sad. It's okay if, you know, you need to close the door in your bedroom for a moment and just have a little cry. That's okay. Um, and it's a good way to model for your own children. If you have children at home that again, it's okay for them to do as well. Um, and then as you said, finding that passion project, finding something new to do to fill the void because there's a void right now. There's this gap, there's this void. And so that's part of the grief too, is how do we, how do we find something new, that new normal that you talked about, whether it's, you're going to play the ukulele, I am going to work on my Spanish, (laughs) get that Duolingo back out. There's so many different ways that we can find that new normal for ourselves and find a way to, to fill the void. I agree. And, and um, yeah, I, even with the, the closure that you've had, like you said, you know, it's, it's so different that this was so abrupt, you know, I mean, when it comes to leaving for Christmas break or spring break or the summer, we, we all kind of lead up to that and talk about what we're going to do during that time to keep our minds sharp and to keep active and to keep in touch with people. And, and this was uh, on Friday. I'm waving to everybody. See you Monday. Have a great weekend. And then now I don't see that. <laughs> you know, so it, it was very, very abrupt. I mean, my older daughter's already asking when she can go back. She wants to see her friends. And, and you know, there's, there's just so much uncertainty and so much unsaid about what, what and when we'll get back to, you know, what, what for us has been normal for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too, you mentioning your daughter wants to see her friends. As much as we can use the technology that we have to have students interact with one another, so not even just having the technology in the virtual classrooms for us to interact with our students, but 
it's just as important and truly maybe even more important that the students have some ability as much as we can. We know that not all students have access, but as much as we can to have students interact with each other virtually is really helpful even for my own son. Yesterday, he was doing FaceTime with a friend of his whose mom I know, and he had, he's been missing his friends from school too. And that little 15 minute time of doing a game on FaceTime together where they were laughing and in a way that only, you know, six year old boys <laughs> can do with one another uh, was, was amazing. So having those ways to, to fill the gap as well in terms of what can we do to connect the students with one another, I think is going to be really critical to and keeping some of their social skills intact yeah. even. Yes. I know my, and my daughters have been, they've been realizing that I think all they have is each other right now to play with. So there have been no door slammings or crying about, you know, I wanted to play with this one and, and I wanted to play with that one. They, even just these, these four days of not seeing anybody um, have just kind of brought them a little bit closer, which I, I really appreciate and I hope we can you know, come to a point where that is the, the new normal for them. Um, I know siblings argue, but it's been awfully sweet to see them kind of banding together. And, you know, if I, they see me cleaning something, they'll whisper to each other and then they run off and play because they know if they, if they stick around or if they start arguing, they will get assigned to help me. <laughs> so they're working together. And so that's really, really amazing and exciting to see. So I, I really hope that more families are experiencing that also. Because um, it could be hard if the fighting increases amongst siblings during this time of not being able to escape them <laughs> to go to a friend's house or anything. There, there's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure on parents right now. And so as much if you are a parent, as much as you can to connect with other parents, to find some different resources, not just for your students and helping them learn, but resources and community for yourself to navigate this new normal and try and find opportunities within it is going to be really, really key just for us as adults to get through this and keep everything positive for, for the younger generation. Yeah, so, I, I agree. We have one of our, one of my friends and colleagues and, and local parent has set up um, Zoom meetings on the weekdays at nine o'clock and she, you know, she throws like a, a workout or a dance video on for her kids. And so they're all kind of working out virtually together to different things on their screens. And it we have not been able to log on yet. Um, <laughs> we've either been still eating breakfast or, um, you know, just not quite ready at that point. But my goal next week is to get her on to some of those so she can see some of her friends and, you know, even just to see their faces and they're smiling and dancing to some Just Dance video on their screen, you know, is encouraging to, to see that we can, we can do that with today's technology. Yeah, that's great. We really do live fortunately, in the best time to have this bad situation with all of the communication that we can do with one another in a virtual way. So Beth, thank you again so very much for being here and for taking your time to have this conversation because I think it's one that's really important right now so that we can acknowledge that, yes, what everyone is feeling is normal. It's okay. And we will together create a new normal and come out on the other side stronger than ever, right? Yes. I, I, I've seen there's a um, Rogers quote, um, and he says, when I was a boy and I would see scary things in the news, what's happening now, my mother would say to me, look for the helpers. You will always find people who are helping. 
And I really, I really like that. And I really think that that is important to look for who is helping. And if you need help to reach out for it, you know, send somebody a message just saying, Hey, I'm struggling. Hey, can you help me with this? Hey, do you have extra of this? You could drop it on my porch. Like, I think it's important to get through this, that everybody is helping. And it's amazing to see all that, all the help being offered out there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It is a beautiful, beautiful experience. And that was a beautiful quote. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I hope you and your family are well and have a really good weekend together. Thank you. I, I hope the same for you too. Before you go, I just want to thank you listeners for tuning in to the Compassionate Educators Show. I so very much appreciate you being here and together we can do incredible work to bring some light and hope into a difficult time right now. I also know that for yourself, for your students and your children, if you have them at home, it's really important to find some ways to help with those big emotions. So the sadness and the anger and fear and frustration to have some tools and strategies that you can have in your back pocket, so to speak. So I hope that you are registered for the emotional regulation workshop that is happening starting March 30th. This workshop is originally open to educators, but given our times, I am going to be opening it now to not only educators, but also to parents who are children's first educator, as we know. So parents, please feel free to register and join us starting Monday, March 30th. This workshop is completely free and it is all hosted on Facebook. So it's all online, all virtual. It's going to be absolutely a phenomenal training and I'm going to be sharing some tips, tools, strategies, and also we're going to have some connection and some fun as we share some emotional regulation tips with you. So if you would like to register for that, if you have not yet already, you can go to www.compassionateeducators.com backslash workshop. All you have to do is put in your name and email so I can send you the, the free workbook that goes along with the workshop starting March 30th for an entire week. There's a lot planned, so you don't want to miss any of it. So again, that is www.compassionateeducators.com backslash workshop. I hope to see you there. And in the meantime, I wish you health, compassion, and joy. 